Kelly Cotrera Show, great to have you along. It's 640 Toronto. Heather Purden's producing the program for Danny Silver this week. And Dave Spargala is our technical producer. Dave, you're looking great from here. How are you feeling? You feeling good today? I'm feeling good, yeah. I got my second coffee going. I'm ready to go. Yep, your commute into work was good. Your legs are tired? Not tired, but uh, it was really good, actually. I didn't have any incidents on the road for once. Yeah, well, listen, you can turn your brain off for this next conversation because you don't drive a car, so you probably don't care as much about this as most of us do. But uh, gas is, uh, well, we heard that it would reach its lowest price in uh, the last two weeks. Uh, So here to find out if it actually happened, Dan McTagg joins us. Of course, Dan, friend of the program, and he also happens to be president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Dan, are we at a two-week low today? Confirm or deny? Uh, confirm. <laughs> what are we at? Has been this good since uh, oh gosh, since uh, June second. So June first, uh, we were back uh, at that time. If you remember, uh, we were uh, even the week before a dollar ninety six nine. So yeah, this is uh, getting a little bit better. Back then we were down to two hundred two, two hundred three, and you know what, Kelly, we might go there. Uh, we're going to get one cent decrease tomorrow. Big deal, eh? Two hundred six point nine. I'll yeah. I'll save a penny. I don't mind. <laughs> well, listen, with the U.S. Federal Reserve uh, about to announce what no one expected just a few days ago, a 75-point basis increase, that's something the U.S. hasn't seen since 1994. I have a feeling that markets are getting really nervous now, and uh, even, uh, even those of us who uh, thought inflation will continue to ride this wave to unprecedented levels, there's a lot of people saying, this could uh, bring the global economy to a to a standstill, and so, uh, you know, uh, maybe our uh, it was easy to get to work this morning because you can take a skateboard down on many many mm-hmm. many roads because there's no one on them. They can't afford to drive, but it's likely to get a little bit better before we get back to that point of realizing, oh my goodness, we still have a supply crunch uh, globally. All right, so you're saying that uh, this is just a little bit of a calm before we get back to a storm again. We're we're in the middle of uh, it's like it's ebbing and flowing here. It is, and Kelly, the one thing that I keep reminding everyone here, you and I have discussed this umpteen times. You know, the Canadian dollar is just it, it just lousy. It's not yeah. responding. And last week, 125 pennies bought you on U.S. dollar. This week, it's 129.4. I just want people to understand that when it comes to not just gas prices and diesel, but all of our commodities are priced in U.S. dollars. But because of our loonie no longer being the petrol loonie, guess what? Here in Toronto, it's costing you and I an extra 36 cents a liter. So, you know, talk about uh, an unexpected tax, a hidden tax, if you will, or, you know, a sort of a, uh, you know, drive-by pilfering. This is exactly what's happened. And it's... uh, if we were back to 2012 or 2008 when we had a stronger dollar, gasoline would then be down to, I don't know, $1.60, $1.65. I don't think we'd be having too many of these interviews. Okay, let's talk about it because you brought up the T word, the gas tax. Is there, yeah. are we hearing any movement on uh, drop, dropping the tax on gas, at least giving us a little bit of uh, alleviation w- when it comes to taxes? Well, the province, I guess, is going to do that um, a little bit. Uh, it takes in 14.7 cents on every liter of gasoline in terms of a road tax. That doesn't include the 8% that it gets on HST uh, as part of the 13% that we pay. Uh, but nothing from the federal government. They're saying, no, their $10 daycare covers it. Um, okay. <laughs> that's really nice, but uh, that's a little bit like, uh, you know, trying to fit a, uh, a square peg into a round hole. 
I guess what this uh, re- this really means, the federal government is now stands to collect. I think uh, uh, MP, uh, what's his name, Kevin Bong raised this yesterday in the House of Commons. I saw it and I was really impressed with his numbers. Uh, he came out and said, look, the windfall to the federal government on GST alone, mm-hmm. year over year, is two and a half million bucks on diesel and gasoline. That doesn't include propane, doesn't include natural gas and other things that we use, but that's a pretty significant, healthy number for the federal government to perhaps consider finding a way to rebate it. And I see that uh, the NDP uh, has yesterday called on something I did many years ago, uh, which was a, a home heating rebate using mm-hmm. that same GST windfall. So I think the federal government has to step up to the plate because they're part of the problem and they could very much be part of the solution. Well, we talk about diesel and the cost of, you know, gas is one thing. And then you look at the the cost of diesel and a lot of people heat their homes with diesel still in rural areas. It's it's what farmers use a lot of uh, for their tractors and and farming implements. If that's the case and it is super high, I'm like, I think, what was it at? Something like two? Yeah, 215, 210, 215 in Toronto. much yeah. higher run and hit 235 hit almost to 250 254 at one point back in uh, back in uh, end of april right so i said to dave look you ride a bike so you probably don't care about this segment but the reality is dave's still got to eat and we're not going to see um you know as interest as the bank of canada raises its lending rate we're not going to see uh inflation go down for at least a year so this is not great when it comes to uh grocery stores as well right no, and listen, diesel isn't just used for transportation. It's also used for producing something called urea, and uh, it's synthetic, and it's uh, used for fertilizer. Mm-hmm. Ask farmers anywhere here in Ontario, because they, they've been hitting me hard since last September, October, saying, my God, Dan, nitrogen, which comes from natural gas, urea, which comes from diesel, two-thirds of the product that we use as fertilizers in this country are in both short supply and have doubled in price. And a lot of farmers were actually taking their little green tanks that they have that they use that's nitrogen that they use early in planting season, and they were putting them in lock under lock and key. So I think for as far as what this means in terms of consequences beyond gasoline, they're massive. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows this, and we know that our standard of living is being eroded uh, not just by higher costs as a result of higher energy, but we're also seeing uh, another unintended uh, effect, and that's. Uh, Bank rates are having to go up because it's not just the housing market that went crazy. Everything that we use, that we consume, that we touch, that we take for granted has a component of fossil fuel in it. So, like it or not, um, you know, our de- the, the demand is not congruent with our willingness mm-hmm. to say, let's use less, even at price. Okay, I, this is a headline, and I'm going to do yeah. a little abrupt uh, change here in conversation, but uh, I'm sure you'll have something to say about it. It's a headline that you can read in two ways. It, the headline is more than half of Canadians say they won't buy a fully electric vehicle, which you could look at it as in. So Canadians are not going to buy a fully electric vehicle. The other side of it is half would say they'd like to buy a fully electric vehicle. What what a lot of Canadians they, they say are interested in, if they're not interested in an EV, is a hybrid, which offers yeah. gas and electric combination. Do you think like I know the government wants us to go uh, fully electric, but do you I uh, think that we'll see people t- dipping their toe in first with hybrids. Is there a lack of confidence as far as batteries go with EVs? What's holding people back? I think it's availability and price, and these things are not also reliable. I, the three things you keep in mind on energy, it's always one that, you know, an old fellow that uh, trained me a lot of the stuff that I did when I was a member of Parliament said, Dan, remember affordability, scalability, and reliability. 
And the thing with all of these wonderful new gadgets and, and, and te- new technologies is that they're not there. They're not ready for prime time. That includes EVs. And I, I don't take away from them. They're a fun ride. But, you know, if everybody were to have an EV over the next 10 years, if they could afford to do so, and the, the ability to make them available to everybody was, was certainly there without damaging the environment, uh, we would have to improve our energy grid and the cost of electricity would go through the roof and governments would have to find other means in which to gain, you know, taxes uh, in order to support the programs that we have out there. All that aside, I think the issue of adaptability, people moving to something else, I think mm-hmm. the, the, the stopgap is going to be for the foreseeable future in a cold country like Canada, where the climate does change dramatically, uh, is still the hybrid. And I'm, I'm right. biased. I have a hybrid, and there's a good reason why I have it, because I get both fuel economy, especially during the summer months, because in the winter mm-hmm. uh, it drops, as do EVs. I think we need to look at that technology, and I'm biased. I was public relations over at Toyota Canada when we introduced the tsunami. You guys know it today as the uh, as the uh, as the Prius, and so I think that's the future. And it's not going to change a whole lot. Our consumption of oil and gas is not going to change because everybody goes to EVs. That's yeah. the big myth in all this. Right, because you've still got to fuel them somehow, right? So it's either electricity or gas. Let me ask you this very, very quickly, Dan, because I don't have a lot of time left. Uh, Where are we at gas prices? Where are we going? Uh, We're going down a penny tomorrow, and I think we're going down two cents. Although the market hasn't, uh, the U.S. Department of Energy's inventory report hasn't come out. I'll wait for that. But luck, uh, touch wood, we could be down another two cents, maybe even three cents come uh, Thursday. Where's that put us? Friday, Friday. And that'll put us down to about 205 Point nine, maybe even 204.9. Ooh, do I wait to gas up on Friday before I go to the cottage? Ooh. Dan, I don't know, but you're usually <laughs> I, not wrong. So I, I would hold off, hold off until Friday. I think okay. that's probably going to be the best day unless something dramatic should happen today. And again, markets are crazy, volatile like they've never seen before. Thanks so much, Dan. Always appreciate your time. Dan McTagg, uh, president of Canadians for Affordable Energy. I will take care and you do it as well.